there's definitely something about getting that connection with another human and being able to walk with them, be with them and support them through a difficult time that I get a lot from. There's a real sense of something good for me that I get from it. And so, you know, people get it from all different types of stuff and I get mad from this. Hello and welcome to the Menfulness Podcast. It's me, Sam Watling. Thank you for tuning in with me once again as we try to figure out what's really going on with men's mental health and how might we get better at talking about it. By just being here, you're helping us to create a place where it's absolutely okay to be honest. It's okay to show vulnerability and we believe that it's vital to becoming the men we're meant to be. Now, before we speak to the incredible Al Chambers, I just wanted to check whether you'd watched our new video, One More Day. It's our first go at a piece of content aimed at reducing the stigma around suicide. It's a poem, kindly written and gifted to us by our member, Matt Kelly, and it's shot by our good friend and videographer, Johnny Menel. It stars our favourite trustee, Jack, and friend of the charity, Adam Kane, and it's an emotional watch, as you might expect. But please do go and watch it if you can and when you're in the right mindset for it. Um, we want to thank all those who've made the video happen and everybody who sent us photographs of their loved ones so that we could honour them at the end of the video. I've linked the video in the blurb, so please do go and check it out. Give it a like and a share to help make sure it reaches the people who might need it. Don't forget, you can still go and get your Menfulness merch. Visit menfulness.org, click merchandise in the drop-down menu and grab yourselves a lovely bargain with some warm clothes just in time for winter. The promo code FREESHIPCHEMISTRY will get you free shipping for a limited time only. That is FREESHIP, S-H-I-P, thank you, CHEMISTRY, all one word, capital letters, and that will get you free shipping. Now it's time to hear from Al Chambers. Al is a gym owner at Legion's Gym. He's a boxing coach, trained counsellor, husband, father of three, and just an all-round lovely bloke. He runs our monthly boxing sessions, and I learned a huge amount from this conversation with Al. He shares his experiences of building a business from a dream up, the importance of losing to stay humble, and how creating a community can allow you to surround yourself with people who will cheerlead you and get you where you need to be. He also talks about his experiences working on his own anxiety, processing death, and how all of these things make him the leader that he is today. I ask him some specific leadership questions towards the end too, and his answers just knocked me for six. The whole two hours I just found really inspiring, and I hope you do too. So, that's enough from me. Here he is, the man himself. It's Al Chambers. Al Chambers, thank you for being here, brother. No worries. Thanks very much for inviting me. No, yeah, man, no I'm pleased. My honour. Um, how are you doing today? All right? Yeah, I'm all right today. Yeah, it's been a good day, long day, but no, I'm all right. I'm well, good. and I, I'm conscious that you're uh, doing some mindfulness stuff tomorrow because we've got the boxing club yeah, tomorrow yeah. night. You open your doors monthly to our members yeah, and uh, the feedback that we get from those lads about how much that is important to them is amazing so just a big thank you from us on behalf of all of them as well no yeah. problem man it's a it's a pleasure like the good lads we have a good session 
Um, and I always come away from it myself feeling better. So oh, that's amazing, win-win, yeah, it's good. Amazing. Um, so we'll get into how all that came about. But before we get going, can you yeah. just give us a bit of a intro into who you are, where you're from, what yeah. you do? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I'm Al Chambers. I'm a York lad. Um, I'm 45, married, three kids. I'm one of the owners and coaches at Legion's Gym. And I'm also a counsellor as well. Brilliant. Um, and so if we start with, with Legions then, because yeah. you've been doing that a long time now, have you? Yeah, so the gym will be 13, about, I think, 13 years in January will be, yeah, Amazing. we've been going. So yeah. At that location in Clifton? No, no, we started out, um, this, that's our third location. We actually started out in the old manor school. Oh, yeah. We had a converted classroom in there, which is a bit of a... A story about how that came I about. Think we used to do crucial crew in that building. Maybe was... global, the old yeah. York Church, yeah, yeah. Church. They had it. There was a sweet factory nearby, and yeah, this, that's yeah, it. man, yeah, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so we had the old. Um, I think it was an art classroom originally, and we were there for six months, and then the chance came to go to um, what was York Tire Boxing. The lad there, Dave Agate, who was a big supporter of us, he decided he didn't want to be involved with the gym anymore. Um, spoke to his landlord. And so we moved in there and we were there for nearly five years. And then through our sponsor, um, Phil Wetton, uh, SAY Scaffolding, he then um, purchased the building and asked if we'd want to fill it, the new one at Clifton Moor. Well, new, nearly seven years now. So, wow. It's, yeah. it's amazing in there. It's proper. It feels yeah. like a proper boxing club. It is. It's a great, like, the facility is class. Um, we're very fortunate to have it. Um comes with its challenges, like it yeah. is an expensive building to run for sure. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a great place to train and a great place to coach for sure. And it yeah. looks like you've built a proper community there. Some of the photographs, some of the events and you've got yeah. a proper ring in there, loads of bags and, you know, has that grown over time? Have you filled that over yeah, time? Yeah, it, totally. It's, it's been a, a journey for sure. Um, and we've got to the point now where we have like a flourishing Thai boxing team with Dave, who I run the gym with, it's right. our gym. Um, and then we brought in, when we moved to Clifton Moor, Ash Martin, who heads up the boxing. Right. And then I coach with Ash, and then I do the, like, the mental health and right. community stuff as well. Um, and it's honestly, like without being dramatic, apart from my family, it's probably the best thing I've done in my life, that gym, for sure. The people in it, uh, close friends, probably a yeah. bit more so, you know, uh, and the community and the gang we have and the work we do. It is hard work and yeah. long hours and long days and massive commitments. Um, but, yeah, it's brilliant. It's worth so, it. Yeah, definitely. Well, especially, I mean, you've got a family, you've got three kids, you've got yeah. a busy life outside. That, yeah, that, yeah. that looks like it's more than just a job. We are talking before, weren't yeah. we? Some jobs are more than just a job. Yeah. Um, so can you tell me sort of how it came about then? Were you already into boxing and kickboxing before all this? Or? Yeah, so it was me, I knew Dave through uh, another guy called Gaz Kelly. And then we would, me and Dave were training at a, another York gym and we both left independently. And then I didn't see him for a long time. And then I found out he was training at what was York Thai Boxing. Right. So I got in touch with him about training with him again because we were good training partners and we got on. And so I then, um, he was like, yeah, come here. And then we were training there in the classes. Dave was coaching there and I was just training there. And um, Dave Agater, who had it, was like I say, he was a great lad, but he just didn't have the time yeah. to commit to expanding the gym. He was happy with how it was. And uh, me and Dave were chatting, and 
I'm sure he always says it was my idea, but 100% it was his idea. He said, we could do it. We could do a gym. Me and you could do a gym. And I said, right. And yeah, I think we could. And so he said, go home, speak to your lass. I'll speak to mine. And then we kind of spoke to him. And I suspect for a lot of the first few years, they would probably regretted saying yeah, yeah. because... So it's like 13 years ago. 13 years and ago. And you were... You were, you were still learning yourself at that point 100 just a fan of the sport yeah yeah we and we never said it was never a business like we never set it out to be a business at all we just wanted our own place to train where people who were like-minded like us wanted to train right and we just wanted to build it into a a small fight team and that's exactly what it was so um like say we never intended it to go where it has come at all um (laughs) And the best so, ideas though they yeah. start from something small and it just they? went like that like me and Dave if you've not met him like were much different in character like yeah. top chalk and cheese in a lot of ways yeah. but there's a really strong bond there like I love him to pieces and he's always been there for me and I've tried to always be there for him and yeah. so it works yeah um and you've stayed passionate about it yeah it's not like one of them no. where you turn something you're passionate about into work and then it siphons the passion out of it no no not at all like i don't want to sugarcoat it like sometimes it's like yeah fries your head and it's tiring and long days and big commitments but that's for all the coaches you know yeah because there's a physical side to it as well as most people will go to work and it'll be physically draining yeah or they'll go to work and it'll be mentally draining but i guess with what you're doing you're running a business you're helping people but you're also physically training them yeah so he's exerting your own sort yeah. of energy as well yeah yeah it's tiring man yeah. like so just an example like it's actually it's come at a really busy week to be fair so last saturday we all went to redka to watch one of the tie boxers fought for a world title a young lad called Arda. Yeah. watch out for him man he's something special and he won that then back in the gym this week um so full-time Tuesday night, it's long night. Then tomorrow night, it's long night. Then we have the mindfulness group. Yeah. Then Ash is out with a boxer tonight in Newcastle. Then Friday, um, I think someone's fighting Friday. Then Dave's got shows down in Runcorn one day and Norwich the next day, Saturday, Sunday. And next week, we've got the home boxing show on Wednesday. So it's just... There's always something going on. And some of always. it's not at your venue either you've no, got no, to travel around travel, yeah, and you, if you've got someone fighting one of you always goes along today yeah so well there's about five boxing coaches now yeah um so ash tends to be at the vast majority of them but there's others who can lead it yeah or but if we've got a few on then more than two coaches yeah. so yeah at least one night a week during the season they'll be yeah. out going somewhere or ash more so dave like i say the, the Thai boxing fights aren't as frequent but they're long days and yeah, it's a massive, it's a massive it's, commitment, but I don't want to again say that it's not awesome because of course. that's what we get yeah. up to do. Do you know what I mean? And, and you can see it in the, the socials posts. You know, yeah. when someone's had a win or, or or even not a win, they've just yeah. gone and they've taken part. It's like yeah, you can yeah. see how proud you are. But like also behind that, was it Ada? Did you say Ada, the, the young lad? Yeah, yeah, there was like loads of, in the picture. There's loads of people behind him. Is that yeah. just the class that he trains with then, or is that yeah? So like... that he, that was a Thai boxing class. That right. picture that came. I see. How many? How many are we talking? In so class? in the Thai boxing class, in that one, there'll be between forty and fifty. What? So in the boxing as well, adults forty fifty, <laughs> kids like on a boxing night. Cause we have three classes. The way we've split it, we've like there'd be about hundred people in Tuesday Thursday nights. 
100 people all together, or yeah, not yeah. all at the same time. No, no, right, but, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100 and like, again. Wow. So, yeah, it's busy and like we're buzzing. Yeah. Like man. The, the things are really good at the moment. And yeah, yeah it's ace. Don't get it. It's totally ace. That's yeah. amazing, yeah. dude. And, and, and I guess as well, that, that community, um, there's, it's, it's more than just the competing. Um, yeah. It's, you know, I've I've experienced it myself. Only yeah. been a couple of times, but just that feeling of sort of getting a shared goal. You go yeah. getting better at your own pace, but you're yeah. doing it together. It's quite yeah, special. It is, and uh, the majority of people don't fight. Like yeah. it, we are a strong fighting gym with strong um, teams and good reputation, and looking to keep pushing and progressing. And there's goals around that, but the majority of people who train at the gym don't fight, don't want to fight. They come for the community, massive, probably the number one reason. The fitness, feeling good, you know, your self-esteem's building. And also once you're in it and part of it, you you get something from that, like the hashtag Legion's family thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not a cheesy thing. It's like you will be looked after at our gym by the people in the gym. Um, Dickheads don't last. Yeah, they'll turn up, but yeah, they won't yeah. last. They'll be they'll because be out. that behaviour is just not. It's, it's just not. Yeah, in, in, even not just behaviour. Just if you act like a dickhead or ah, you just won't last in the gym. You'll yeah. be pushed Stand out of it. Yeah. yeah, you'll be made to leave, like made to leave, or it would just be not for you. It'll yeah. be soon be. We don't get many. Don't get wrong, but over years has been a few. Yeah. But you need that, I think, because yeah. there's vulnerable people at the gym as well as strong people, and so. Yeah. Nobody knows why people are going exactly and that, training mate. and no. yeah. Um, did you have you competed yourself then? What what was your path into it? Like how important was Matt was was Thai boxing to you already before you even got into um, it? Yeah, it was important. So I have competed, but I, like I was always average. Yeah, like, I had to train really hard to be average. I'm not a natural fighter, right? At all, right. I've never um, claimed to be. But I always, and it's not something that I would be like, I love to fight. I'm not yeah. one of them people, which a lot of people at the gym are. Yeah. Never was. It was always just a personal challenge to me. Yeah. The buzz from it is something intoxicating. I see what you mean, right. Um, but I, I got into martial arts because when I was younger, uh, secondary school and that, I was really not good at confrontation. I was scared yeah. of fighting. Yeah. Um, and you'd mask it at school and stuff like that. Um. But I just didn't like it. And then I started reading about a guy called Jeff Thompson, who he was in the martial arts magazines back then. So this is when I'm like 14, 15. And he he used to talk about how he was really bad at it, found it dead frightening. So he got into martial arts and then kind of realised a lot of the traditional stuff just doesn't work in reality. Right. So you, what you needed to do was train for reality in that. And he said boxing, Muay Thai, MMA, these are the ones where you test it because of the sparring you have to yeah and so i went into it because of that and that's how i got into it so yeah. sort of to protect yourself and yeah. to build confidence build my confidence build myself to yeah and kind of challenge myself to yeah. step out my comfort zone yeah um and from that i just kind of enjoyed it got all right at it yeah um and then I once started being at a level where i could help with the classes yeah at a couple of different gyms and then I found that I really enjoyed coaching. Right. And I, I'm, I would say I'm a much better coach than I ever was a fighter. That's um, really interesting. It fascinates me that you, you, like you say, there's people who aren't bothered about fighting and then there's people who really want to fight. But yeah. then there's people like you who, they do it as like an internal challenge then. Yeah. It's like, I, I might not be 
winning this one. Yeah. I'm not going in with no. that mindset. I'm what I, the fight is the challenge. Yeah, yeah. So I have right. a 50-50 record. Um, so I won a few, but I also lost a few. Yeah. I've been um, beat in front of my home fans. Yeah. It was horrible. Shit. Yeah, like, there's yeah. no getting around it. But yeah. what you got to look at is um, that now enables me to coach better. Yeah. Yeah. So at the time, I, won't, I didn't get out there going, now I'll be a good coach because I've just been flat packed yeah. in front of everyone. Yeah. But I can look <laughs> back and I'm of an age and experience now where, you know, life goes on after a loss. Yeah. And, to try and help these young lads who struggle after losses. Like, I remember once I fought for it was just an area title and I got beat, I got stopped with a knee to the head and I was like, all right, downer on myself and I was, went home and I was sat in the bath and my legs was battered because he'd booted my leg off. Yeah. And then I, um, our last came in, this was like on the night and she goes, what are you doing? She goes, get, where is everyone? I goes, oh, they're all at pub because I used to like get loads of support. And yeah. she goes, well, why are you sat here? I was like, oh, so they sulking. all went out after you went home. Sulking. Yeah. And she was like, give me two paracetamol, give me a can of beer, and was basically like, just fucking go to that pub. <laughs> yeah. So I struggled around, yeah. and then everyone was like, Please. the rule was always 24 hours, and then you get the piss taken out of you. So for the night, there'd be sound, <laughs> and then they'd be like, oh, you shit house, you got beat, blah, blah, blah. But right. it's just all part of it, and like, yeah. you know, would have been bent to win that belt, don't get me wrong, it would have been yeah. a bent. But I didn't. Now I can look back and learn from it and have a yeah. laugh about it. And, and it's just one of life's experiences. For me. Yeah. And like you say, when you're getting beat, you know, actually know what it's like when someone gets beat and feels yeah. shit about it. Yeah, you can yeah. be empathising rather than yeah. sort of... It's, it's not the end of the world. It might feel like it now, yeah. but it isn't. We go again. Yeah. And that's all you can do. Um, but some of these kids, I mean, they look like the young kids are coming in. And then what do they... Is it just a case of like they come in learn and get so good that you encourage them to say well do you want to fight or yeah, do, yeah. do some of them come in already knowing that that's what they want to do yeah so a lot of so it works like so in the tie boxing they will train all together and then once they hit a certain level the way it progresses is a thing called an interclub yeah. like they'll spar they'll get confident at sparring they'll then do an interclub where you go to another gym and spar people from another gym right and then dave once he says right you're ready do you want to fight? It's a big thing to ask. Yeah. Yes, I want to fight. Right. Well, you're now expected to be there four times a week minimum. Right. You've got to be running outside of here and you've basically got to do what I tell you and then I'll get you your fights. And I he see. will put 100% in to anybody that wants to um, fight and shows a commitment and he'll get them the opportunities and they'll be ready to fight. They'll know they're not getting put in early. They'll be ready. Yeah. When Dave says you're ready to fight Thai boxing, you you're are ready, ready and you'll yeah. be good yeah in the boxing for the youngsters they come to a class at half five that me and tom the other uh, one of the other coaches teach we then pull out the ones who are committed show a bit of promise say they want to go then they'll be moved up into the next class where ash and the other coaches will be as well and we'll say like we've got these i think there's a bit of promise there yeah and then so they'll progress that way and then they put into what's called the squad class once they then hit a level where they're sparring confidently and comfortably hard sparring yeah are you ready to fight right we'll get you carded then you have to be ready yeah. so lads taking a fight tonight on three hours notice wow. so it's oh, it can no, always happen up for it. it's, no, it's like ash rang him you want to fight tonight yeah right we're off that's just because somewhere in another club someone else is ready yeah and, and they've they've got a fight show they've not got an opponent for a certain age right. where a record and put it out and then in the adults it's the same the squad train together, the adults train together, the ones who show the promise will invest a bit more time in and then we'll say, 
I just think they're ready to just go train with squad now. Yeah. And the train with squad, it's a massive jump. Yeah, yeah. So they will be sparring full contact, probably getting filled in a lot of the time to start <laughs> with. Um, safely, though, you know what I mean? Yeah, like not yeah. getting hurt, but it's always supervised. But at the it's end of the day, you've got to get in with people better than you. Of course, yeah. And so it's a hard thing. And then, But yeah. again, once you're ready, you get carded, it's in. So there's a progression and there's people looking and we're looking for that spark and that commitment and that ability. And then if we find it and they give us the effort back, they'll be yeah. like, looked after, supported, and we'll help them achieve the goals. It must be so exciting as well when the fight actually happens and they, yeah. they they take it down and it's like, that must, you know, no feeling like that. No, not at all, man. And like you see these young youngsters or adults, first fight, when they've had the first fight, it's gone from being, I want to be a boxer, or I want to yeah. be a fighter to, I'm a fighter now. Yeah, I've yeah. I fought for Legion's gym. I've got the vest or the shorts. Like that's, that's so cool, pinnacle man. for a lot of people. And, yeah. You know, I remember after my first fight, I drew it, um, but I was just like, I can legitimately say I've had a fight now. I'm not pretending. I'm not hoping. Yeah. I'm not thinking. I've done it. Yeah. I've been yeah. in there. Had a go. Um, and it was Earned the stripes. Great feeling. That's cool, man. Yeah. Is it? common because we've had quite a few people on here who have been fighters who have into different types of boxing um who have sort of talked about how it's become like a bit of a religion to them it's saved them it's calmed them down it's helped them yeah like that expand ex expending that like frustration in more of a focused way it, it, but it seems to generate quite calm leveled people is that is that normal throughout or do you get some people who come in and they're like wired and ready to go yeah you do get that yeah and, and you treat them differently some you've got to you're like oh they have got the potential but yeah. they're really nervous or quiet yeah. and yeah yeah like it's they just keep turning up that's yeah. how you know not because they're saying or acting in a certain way so it is much different i think to come back to what you said without again don't want to sound like some kind of cliche but once you're at a level and you've tested yourself just in hard sparring with yeah. good people then and this doesn't apply to everyone because you will get lads who young lads particularly get a bit giddy out and about but most people once they then get to that level they don't really have anything to prove yeah so somebody out in town whatever chirping it's just not a it's not really a threat it's more of a don't need to fill yeah. you in because i was fighting people with real ability last night and it yeah. instills definitely instills a sense of self-belief so someone taking me come out in don't get you because you yeah. you can bounce off you because you're like yeah you yeah. know inside that I'm not what you're saying. Yeah, so I don't yeah. need to react like you're trying to get me to. Yeah. And again, it don't work for everyone. Like we've all, no. you know. Well, when I, was, when I was at school, well, in fact, it must have been college. I was going out and I was little and gobby. And I got I got into a few, just never a physical confrontation, but moments where I was like, I would just be flawed here. Okay. Um, and it encouraged me in a mate of mine, Craig, who came to one of the sessions. Um, I think after doing a bit of, it was Wing Chun, but a bit of something that made me feel confident. I think I gave off less of an air yeah. of like, yeah. um, I don't know what I'm doing here. Whether it's like sub subconscious or it's in your stance or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. I just felt like I became less of a target. Yeah. Um, and it's just interesting that, isn't it? That yeah. do, you, do you find then that people who are coming don't get into fights? You're not finding them coming in from... No. 
Not no. again. You've had another no. black eye while well, you've been... At- <laughs> you know, there's always going to be an instant. Like, they're yeah. not angels, are they? Some of these young yeah. lads, like, you know... Uh, and do they come to you troubled sometimes? Yeah, often. Yeah. Uh, I would say. But what I would... So, like, from a self-defence point of view, because I've, like, kind of been into or studied it and stuff quite a lot, is, like, from exactly what you're saying, often people who are looking to start trouble are looking for a victim. Right. And if you're giving off, just, like, say, the way you stand or the way yeah. you're carrying yourself or the way your head's up and you're looking, yeah. or you're looking a bit fit or you think, you're not a victim just yeah. by nature. You're not consciously thinking of it, but your ability and your self-esteem and your fitness and because you know you're a capable person yeah. just gives off that vibe right so you'll be often avoided yeah by people like there will be others who'll be like oh there's a name or he does this or, i'll try that but yeah. overall people who are out to cause bother are not looking for competition no they're looking to dominate someone because you never know who you're picking a fight with do you i suppose no. as well is no, that no, you, you, there's got to be something that makes you think i can take this person yeah yeah um definitely um so just by nature of being physically capable is often a deterrent. Like say yeah. you, you would, someone comes up to you rather than cowering and looking away, you'd probably just stand and chat because yeah, yeah. you're not even worried. Yeah, yeah. Um, and things like that. And it works for both, you know, young lads and old lads and lasses and ladies yeah. as well. Have you got a lot of ladies who come then? Yeah, we do. What's have... the sort of split, would you say? Yeah, so, so the Thai boxing... There is a, the group of the Legion's ladies. I would say there's probably, you know, 10 to 15 of them. Right. Com, com, competing, probably off the top of my head, I'd say about maybe six, seven, eight. Right, amazing. In the boxing, in the uh, the juniors, so under 16, 17s, we have probably about eight, nine, ten. That's really uh, Some most successful boxers are females. Right. Uh, two European champions who are both amazing. girls. Unbelievable. And then um, seniors, not as many at the moment, um, we have, but we have had them in the past. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And are some people coming for self-defence then? You know, if you say some of them coming for fitness, yeah. are some of them coming because because of that they want to stand better, they want to know how to look after themselves? Yeah, I think so. I think there's definitely a case of, um, you've probably seen it or heard it or thought it yourself, is, oh, you watch boxing or, like, do you know the Tyson Fury thing's yeah. big at the moment, isn't yeah. it? Um, you watch that and then you're like, oh, I maybe fancy got that. I maybe, I'd like to be able to throw a bit of punch. It'd give me a bit of confidence. Yeah. You get a lot of it with parents are like, oh, my lad, bit of interest. I'd like to get him into a bit of boxing or I'd like to get my daughter into a bit of boxing or martial arts just so they can look after themselves. Yeah. And there's a, and it's not a misconception at all, but there's an idea that you send them to a boxing club and it'll turn them around. And yeah, yeah it, does. It, it does. Not always, yeah. no, not always for sure. Yeah. Um, but they get that community it. along with it, don't they? Yeah. As well as the skill. Totally. So, um, yeah, people definitely come for that as much as they want to get fit. Yeah. Um, as much as they want to compete eventually. So, and what yeah. about the youngins then? How young have you got people training then? So the, the little, little kids boxing is for, um, for five to eight year olds. <laughs> it's only half an hour. It's absolute chaos. <laughs> is it? Honestly. <laughs> Like Ashley was laughing over there. It was four, but like they just—I don't even think they're up. No, they're up boxing, That's and you—you you often get yeah. particularly dads. He's like, oh, he's—he's he's always been—he loves it. He's always been well into boxing, and then there's a kid that aren't this big <laughs> who likes Paw Patrol, and you're like, you don't like boxing. You want him to you like, like boxing. boxing, yeah, yeah. 
you on Interbeat Next World Champ. Just wait until they're a bit Just older. Just give them a bit of time. But you do get others, like there's little ones who like, they love it and they love throwing the shots and stuff. So, And in the Thai boxing, um, yeah, five or six-year-old. That's start. amazing. That's yeah, so cool. That must be so cute with little tiny gloves on them. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. Well, for a bit and then two minutes Keep in, you're like, oh, yeah. stand I, up, stop rolling. Yeah, I yeah. can't imagine that. It must be chaotic. <laughs> yeah. Um, So if we can talk about the, the counselling, you mentioned the counselling as well. And yeah. I think that obviously that's your, um, the way you come across, the way that you talk to our lads. I could already tell that that was a natural progression but yeah. this has been quite a recent thing has it in yeah, addition yeah. are you happy to talk about how that came about yeah, yeah, um, how those yeah. two things link together so well yeah um it was actually a bit of a a glib throwaway uh, sorry yeah a bit of a glib throwaway comment so I, I used to train um, someone who every monday would be on a downer hit the sesh too much at the weekend yeah consistently for about eight, nine months. And every Monday, I used to train on the Monday morning, turn up on a right downer. We just chat, hit a bit of pads, yeah. not doing much. And then one day he said to me, he goes, Al, you should be a counsellor. And I said, like, I honestly said this, I went, mate, yeah, I might do, you'd have to pay me more, wouldn't you? Or something just like that, yeah. just to try and be funny. Um, and it kind of just stuck. I maybe could be a counsellor, you know. I do find that I can chat to people all right, I'm, yeah. I'm not worried about chatting to people about different topics. Uh, maybe, yeah. So anyway, I had a look at courses and there was a level two, the basic entry course at York College. Right. I spoke to Alas and said, oh, I think I might do this. She was like, yeah, yeah, good. It's a three-month course. So I signed up for it and I did it and I really enjoyed it. Uh, but if I'm honest, I didn't jump straight in and say I'd be a counsellor. I wasn't like, this is it, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, it just seemed too long a process. Right, and I was like, it's too like it'll take too long. I can't commit to it. I've got the gym. I've got my youngsters. Like our baby would have been, maybe two or something there too. Yeah. I was like, and I said, I kind of put it on the back burner. Yeah, but I couldn't get. I and then I just, but I couldn't like. It was done then. It you was got in the me. bug then. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't get past it really, and so, I'd it'd been about three. I could have gone straight on to the level three. But then after about three months, I was like, you know what? I feel I'm going. I feel there's something pulling me towards it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do it. Again, Brian E. She was dead spot. She's like, yeah, yeah, do it. So I booked on the level three, which is a six months it was. And then past that, and then uh, the level four, so when you can then practice, is another two years. Oh so it was God. about four. It's all outside of working hours then. Yeah, so it's yeah. a night course sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. Um, I did it on a Monday afternoon. I did that, um, which, which was fortunate because I work for, I'm self-employed. Right. I could do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got your fees as well. So it's the course itself is one was one afternoon, but then you have to do a hundred hours as a trainee counselor on top. Yeah. And then that has to be supervised. And then the pandemic was on. Oh, and so it was a, it, in total, it, it was about four years it took me to qualify. Wow, right. Um, and I probably, it probably wouldn't have happened, if I'm honest. And I'll give her a shout out. The, the tutor who was in charge of our course was called Susan. Um, she was amazing. So when we got put in lockdown, we were in our first year of level four. Right. And rather than just like a lot of courses just folded and said, once Start this is over, later, sort of whereas she put us, she trained us so we could do online counseling 
Then she found us placements and pushed for it and made sure we're all what's called competent and just supported us massively. So we were able to still do it through lockdown. All virtual? Like the whole thing had been but, done? So we, we were able to do half our hours virtual, either telephone or online. And she had links with charity, so we worked online with a sight-impaired charity. And we were able to do telephone counselling through a, a doctor's surgery in York. And then once... So we didn't lose any time, That's which amazing. was, yeah. And she was phenomenal, like yeah. unbelievable. And the people I was on the course with were as well. There was, I think, 11, there was only 11 of us. Right. Um, and so, yeah, did that and then did the second year. My, and then it ran over for me, my hours, getting my hours in. And then, yeah, and then I, I, I finished it and it <laughs> changed my life. It changed who I am. Yeah. Changed my life. And I think, Again, without, don't want to sound like a cliche or anything, like probably realised kind of what my purpose was. Right. Or calling or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It fitted for me. Yeah. I love coaching. I love the combat sport side of things. But there was always something where I was maybe thinking, I want maybe a bit deeper. I want to go yeah. deeper. I don't want to just hold pads all day. I want to. Yeah. And now that's what I do. It's the full, it's the full, um, you know, you're helping the person in their entirety, body yeah. and mind. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it goes together. Did you know it would? Because you took a long time to invest. No, yeah. I, I, I knew that they would go together and I knew that it's a niche. Yeah. Like, there's not many boxing, combat sports coaches who are counsellors, yeah. if any. There's yeah. not many counsellors, therapists, who are combat sport coaches. Yeah. Um, not who have have got like I've been involved in combat sports now for like twenty five years something like that. Yeah. Not with that experience, so um, it was kind of like it's a niche. Yeah. I know it works because of my own experience with anxiety and stuff back in the day, and so. And you were already kind of doing it, yeah, without the you without know, the qualification. qualification. And um, and I didn't. And I'll be honest again. Sam is like the first day I went. My idea of what I thought counselling was, and I'd had counselling like yeah. twenty years ago. Yeah. Wasn't what it was. Like the first day they say you don't give advice. And I was like that. Oh, yeah. Well, how the hell are you gonna what? help someone? What do you there? mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not that I'm not just gonna tell them what they need to do and then they'll be all right. And yeah. they're like, No, it's not it's not yeah. about that. And then and then I was a bit resistant to it at first, but I was like, Well oh what anyway. And once I understood it and got into it and realised what it truly was about like yes this fits for me actually yeah. this is i could do this and i feel i could do this well yeah amazing i i did a coaching qualification with the council yeah um where i work and it did the same thing for me i think it did it unlocked summer it was like a, a it was like it had always been dormant in there but yeah. it needed filling out with some like specifics yeah. well you know i don't want to stereotype but kind of blokes i feel like sometimes need tangible yeah you know and i think yeah, yeah. that that for me was like i like talking to people i like learning about what they want on where they want to go yeah yeah uh, what might be holding them back yeah. and largely those things tend to be similar self-limiting beliefs and yeah. and need, like lack of confidence like there's a lot of overlap yeah. um and it, it, i think it gets a bit of a bad name or it's had a bit of a stigma around not just 
counselling, but coaching, um, you know, not the coaching that you do, yeah. life coaching, yeah, yeah. talking therapy, essentially. Yeah. Um, because it, it feels, I think some people think, well, it's, you know, it's all a bit sort of hairy-fairy and there's, yeah, yeah. No, there's no substance to it. But it, there is absolute proof that it's yeah. real. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I think that doing a qualification like that, you, can, you then can't deny it, can you? No. Um, but have you found that there's still a barrier among men accessing that counselling or, or does the fact that you're the one offering it kind of get rid of that barrier a bit um it will definitely help in some situations for sure yeah. um i'm just trying to think so currently i would say my counselling work is 50 50 split right um but the males that i tend to work with tend to be younger right i see um yeah so no definitely and I think a biggest part of it is, and this is something that I suppose I should talk about more and feel I'm gonna, is people don't understand what it is. Like, yeah. like just like I said, you don't come and sit and tell me what's wrong with you, then no. I'll tell you, oh, you should do this, that, and the other. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, bearing witness to someone's hurt. It's not judging people. It's being separate from their life. So there's a safe space to talk. There's um, confidentiality, like, you can tell me anything here. And as long as you're not at risk, yeah, that's not going anywhere else. There's a power in that. And Where else can you get that in no, life? Exactly, because you can definitely go and chat to your mates. And we, of course, I've chatted to my mates, and you encourage that. Um, chat to one mate. Sometimes does that mate then, oh, I need to chat to another mate. And Or worry. You know, sometimes talking to your family or your friends, you yeah. know they're going to worry about you, and yeah. that that means you don't get it out properly, no. doesn't it? And you don't want to upset them, do you? So you don't want to say. Sometimes you don't want to go full extent, yeah, because you're like, oh. yeah, it's. I just need fresh eyes on ears on this, yeah, because I, what? Yeah, don't want you to worry. I don't want to upset you, yeah. And let's be honest, the people who are closest to us can often be the reason, yeah that we would have therapy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Difficult yeah. relationships is not uncommon, is it? And no. um, it's really hard. And so understanding and people getting what's involved with having that a talking therapy. Um, and if you can talk while mixing it with punching pads, of course that helps, doesn't it? A lad, yeah. I'm just yeah. going to go and do a boxing session. First round. Right. So how are you getting on this week? I'm all right. What's going on for you? well, actually, this, 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 and this. Yeah. And when it naturally comes to a bit of a lull, should we do another round? Yeah, go on then, let's do another round. Right, so that's how you set them up, is it? Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you stand with them, you're training. Yeah, it's yeah. not a case but, of let's train for half an hour and then when we're winding down, we'll talk. No, I'll, I'll, for it's te my experience is for the boxing therapy Yeah. is to intertwine it. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and that's... Sometimes you will maybe have one round on pads and then yeah. once it's broken and you can chat other times and another good thing is with it people don't always want to talk yeah and yet they've come to a therapy session yeah we don't have to talk today let's just let's just train yeah let's literally just train i'm not even you want to tell me anything if the space is there between rounds yeah, yeah and i'll check in on you probably once or twice but if you're good and you don't it's not the right time today let's just let's sit pads and feel better me. you're definitely going to leave feeling better and they know it. They can like yeah. some lads have come to our events and not said out. Yeah, 
um, or they've sat in the WhatsApp group and not said out. Yeah, yeah. But they've later then said, I knew I could. Yeah. Sometimes it's knowing that it's there Definitely. is enough. Yeah. yeah. Mate, that's, a, that's amazing. How do you, uh, you know, it, when it is such uncharted territory, how do you know, how, you, how does it just like, oh, this feels right now, I'll, I'll do, you know. Do. <laughs> it must be. Yeah, I think it's a part of that. Like, there's, there's clear, not rules, but there's clear good codes of ethical practice yeah. that you need to follow, for sure. Yeah. But a lot of it is, and a lot of it is getting other people, is to go on your instinct. Yeah. You've got to trust it. Yeah. And sometimes I'll, I'll, be th- I'll let me think of a good example. Um, so someone came in and they'd messaged about the gym. It wasn't a therapy session. It was before I was qualified. It was just coming to when I was end. And they came in and the way they'd questioned about the want to train, and I think there was an, an illusion, uh, alluded a bit to anxiety, but nothing right. major. Yeah. Came in first session, very quiet. And it was just, I could just feel it inside that there was something, there was something here going on. Yeah. And I was probing gently and asking, but nothing was coming back. Yeah. So you can't, I didn't want to push or anything like that. But it, it just didn't sit quite right. And then I knew that they hadn't come just to box. I could just tell, like, I just knew in, inside. Um, but I couldn't get anything from it. So I, I just had to leave it right see it. Anyway, the next week came in completely different. Basically just sat down and broke down. Like, boom. And then what they were originally coming just came out from there. Um, but this was before you knew what to do about that you were just no yeah it was kind of like I'd, I'd, wow. I'd done I think my level three it was between that but I wasn't qualified and then wow. it was just like and people you, you most people will have that yeah will have will know that something but often ignore it or don't trust it or are worried to say something but if you're really... going to set someone off or it's, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't want to upset them further so I'll yeah. crack a joke or distract, don't they? But it's, I'd really implore people to trust that instinct because mm-hmm. if you, you can check in and say, and if they don't want it, they won't. Yeah. Um, but trust it. And the more you do it and the more you work with people and the more one-to-one you get and the experience you get, you learn to trust it more because yeah. you just experience, isn't it? Like anything you do, yeah. the more you do something... The, the better, better you, get. you get it, for sure. And I think as well, it's such a privilege when people share with you that yeah. if it, it very quickly becomes like something that you want to do more. It's yeah. not that, you know, I think that's another misconception when people say, oh, I don't want to burden them. Don't get me wrong, that gets complicated when it comes to family yeah. and all stuff like that. But, but around mates, usually it's a lot more interesting to talk about what's actually going on in yeah. your life than to talk about what's on telly. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it very quickly becomes hard to go back to small talk. Yeah, doesn't yeah, it? of course it does. Yeah. Um, and so have you found that then? So now you're not just Al coach and, you know, leader, you're now sort of a, taking what a more of a mentoring role. Everybody knows you offer this now. Yeah. Is it something that, you know, people are sort of, encouraged to take part in or are you just sort of letting people know you're there or yeah um yeah it is become more of a thing for sure and it's all not even well sometimes a joke you like yeah. go and speak to al yeah so they'll go to another coach or you probably should go and speak to al about that <laughs> yeah um 
But it's a role that I've kind of embraced, really. I know it's one of my strengths. Yeah. And I don't want that to come over like I'm arrogant. I'm, no. I just know that I can usually build an all right relationship with yeah. people and um, I can be trusted, really. Yeah. Um, and so finding that means that, yeah, I do. And I will signpost myself for that. And and I'm better now at, you know, you've got to safe. I've got a safeguard that I've got a boundary that and stuff. Yeah. Which isn't always easy, particularly if it's outside of the therapy. It's yeah. someone at the gym, say, who comes and tells me something. And I'm like, right, what do I do with this? And, yeah. Um, and it can be difficult. But no, overall, and this is something I was thinking about when I was thinking about coming on is, it's hard to say it's not something I enjoy because I don't enjoy listening to people who are struggling. Yeah. It's not an enjoyment from that. But there is definitely a there's definitely something about getting that connection with another human and being able to walk with them, be with them and support them through a difficult time that I get a lot from. Yeah. Not necessarily a buzz, I don't I think that's too don't fit it properly. But there's a real sense of something good for me that I get from it and so you know people get it from all different types of stuff and I get mine from this yeah and that's the thing that you say that you maybe were just missing that yeah, little bit of I think so, that's yeah. fascinating mate and and I think it's like I say that first session where you you were quite honest and if you don't mind maybe we'll go into it a little bit yeah, about yeah, about sort of what you've struggled with yeah. and that you've accessed that sort of support before and as soon as you you're prepared to sort of put yourself out there and do that and be that yeah people just immediately feel it at ease to then then be themselves yeah, you know what yeah, i mean yeah. it's like yeah. you're not coming from a um i know how to fix this you're coming from a i know how it feels to struggle yeah what can we you know it's yeah, such yeah. a different you Definitely. know when you say i'm not arrogant it's like that comes out of you mate you can yeah. tell um so are you happy then yeah to to, to tell us a bit about what you yeah, yeah. What we've been through and yeah, what yeah. led to the counseling and what yeah have you? yeah of course yeah no problem um so it's like i'm 45 now so i'm i class myself as do you know what i'll tell you this like i was 10 45 and i was listening to some podcast i think it was and they said the person who was 45 who was on it and they said you know if my life was a day i'd have already had lunch right? <laughs> and, and i was like oh fuck yeah man that That's is probably right phrase, yeah yeah and i was like oh, that means i've only got tea left but it made me a bit hyper it made me aware that i am oh you know i'm not a young lad anymore you're I'm not a spring chicken no i'm a middle-aged and anna at the end of the well, day let's face it you probably work out and do a lot more i've physically. always looked younger like yeah, i got id do, till yeah. i was 26 yeah but at the end of the day i am 45 and yeah. i think that has helped getting into this i've had an experience of life i've got a family been through stuff um and that's helps with that self-assurance of putting yourself out there and the older you get the less you care about what other people think of you so what happened for me was and i, I vividly remember it i went to pick up uh, my ex-girlfriend from the old norwich union building and i was stood in the doorway waiting and i suddenly my chest went really funny and i felt as though i was dizzy it was like derealization it's called but i didn't know that just didn't feel right felt really edgy and so we walked into town and i just couldn't settle um had a couple of drinks try and ease it that didn't work um 
and then that started what basically went into four years of pretty chronic anxiety um and i just didn't know what it was how old were you at that point 20 about 22 it was um didn't know what it was um kind of coming waves up and down um certain days i'd be all right but a lot of the time i wasn't yeah it would be there be in my head um and it was really difficult i genuinely thought if i was like losing my mind i thought something's something's stopped right here something's going on yeah Yeah. um and that that went on then i moved away um and i got on with my life and i was coping like i was managing day to day wasn't at a a crisis point or anything like that particularly I'd have good days and bad days. Like going to weddings would be a real be dead worried about it. And what I, what I did work out is like two drinks didn't help. Four drinks would be alright. Yeah, yeah. Next day would be bad. Yeah. Um, exercise would be alright if I missed a couple of days or um, you know I wasn't looking after myself or I was getting stressed about work or money or things like that. It would get much worse. And it kind of realised understanding, but I still didn't have a proper understanding. And then anyway, after four years, it came to a really bad point where I was with Brian Hughes, my current wife, but we weren't living together. I worked at Royal Mail all night and I went home and I was just so anxious. I was convinced if I fell asleep, I'd be dead. Like just illogical, irrational. And so she used to walk past and I said, oh, can you just come and sit while I get to sleep because I'm not right. I genuinely feel like that. And I knew logically I wasn't going to die, yeah. but it didn't feel like that. It felt like I was at breaking point with physically and it was awful. So she came, she sat with me, chatted to me, it eased off a bit, I fell asleep. And then she came back with a book about anxiety and I booked a course of, of six sessions of counselling. Just went in yellow pages and booked the nearest yeah. one that I could get in. Didn't tell anyone. Like there was a real, I felt that I couldn't tell anyone about it. Okay, um, I then went to these six, six sessions of counselling, and they were significantly helpful, along with reading the book. Right. Okay, um, and the reasons were, and it'll sound like there was a real. I did that and did this, and then it was sorted. And it yeah. wasn't like that, but it massively helped. Was I found out why I had anxiety. Right. And the reason why I would never have tweaked, um, I found out kind of what caused it. And then we worked on some uh, like interventions to help it. And, and I'm happy to talk about them as well. Yeah. Um, mixed with, right, this is anxiety. It's not going to kill me. Yeah. It's manageable. What helps it? And then once I worked out the things that helped it as well, been pretty sound since really. Yeah. Odd days or particularly if you've had a heavy night the night before, which you've had can struggle but overall they were the main things yeah. that um, got me through it really yeah see so, so it was it was the understanding of it yeah was a major part of getting to grips with it yeah, yeah. so spent quite a lot of years having these physical yeah manifestations of yeah. it yeah but just not knowing what to do with it no. just what pushing it down trying yeah. to just deny it yeah drinking through it yeah. i massively recognize yeah. that sort of like it's like dutch courage for me because it's, yeah. it's mostly social scenarios they're usually scenarios where you'd have a drink anyway so those things worked but but you were getting it on like a a tuesday morning before work so it wasn't just about social situations or the reason it transpired that i 
was getting anxiety and it took about maybe like three to four sessions of chatting through stuff yeah was so i'm what's called a lone twin right so basically my twin brother identical twin brother died the day after we were born okay and i don't remember being told that but i've always known it so I i would have been told but i don't remember the time so when you're little and you're told oh i don't want to you know you worry about dying you're told that you, know, you tell your kids don't worry you'll live you won't die till you're old and then you'll go to heaven yeah but on a level i knew that that wasn't true because yeah. i knew my brother had died so it kind of fed into me that i don't like I, I can't say that i consciously knew this or recognize this but i would worry that people i would lose people and it kind of fed into this fear of death and fear of losing people because i didn't have that don't worry when you're old you die i knew it that that's not necessarily going to happen and so i had a big fear of missing out yeah i would not like people would invite me out i'd want to go or and it just i must have had that for that long that it then just broke out into this anxiety at a certain age for whatever triggered it i'm not sure what it was is maybe a health scare of my mum or something like yeah. that. And that transpired it. So once I understood that, the and I vividly remember the exercise, the counsellor's like, like, this will be uncomfortable, Al. Who's the closest person you're to? So I remember my family. What would happen if they died today? Well, this and that. Well, But what would happen? You would be so sad. You'd be distraught. Would you die? No, you wouldn't. Would everyone else? No, they wouldn't. And we talked through how I would cope if someone really close to me died. And it was like, it would be painful. It would be sad. It would be very hard. It would not be, and we're not wishing it, but you would cope. You would get through that. Yeah. And so once I kind of, that twigged with me, and then once I understood that I wasn't losing my mind, it was actually logical that I had anxiety because of the situations from my childhood yeah from that just that um we said just that but that is huge yeah, isn't it's it big, you were dealing yeah. with a, quite a an adult concept in it, it with a child's but, mind but and, it didn't feel it at the time do you know yeah, what i mean it yeah. wasn't and like i would probably deal with something like that the same my mum and dad had yeah. with me yeah um because I, I had a brilliant childhood. Like, yeah. I never remember just sat there worrying about death. But on some level, I was. Yeah. And I was worried about losing people. And yeah. people I loved could go. And maybe and not understanding or being able to cope with what real world is like. Because I was too young and yeah. like fed into that. So once I understood that, once I understood how anxiety worked, it offered me a bit of clarity. Like, you're not mad. Like, this is logical. Yeah. This is manageable these things helped so the training got really into the training then because that massively helped um and so from there i've been able to get through it and kind of progress and almost flourish from there yeah and does it still you mentioned that it's still there and that's something that i certainly feel that it's like i i understand it and it hasn't i haven't had a panic attack for a long time yeah but it's still part of who i am there's an acceptance there that it's yeah. not about sort of defeating it it's more about understanding it yeah I'm very rare yeah. if i'm honest now 
Yeah. So and not for a lot of years. Like I say, the, probably the only time is if I'm hungover. Yeah. Is, uh, which right. is pretty common occurrence, yeah. isn't it, for a lot of people? Yeah. Um, and then I know I'll just get my fluids down me, do yeah. something. Yeah. It'll be all right. But it never, it's never bad. It's all like, oh, I just feel a bit edgy today. Yeah, yeah. It's got that. But I've never... That's amazing. From there, it's really... I've really been okay. Yeah, I Good. really have, yeah. And thank you for telling me. Like, I'm, right. I'm sorry for your loss. Like, that's yeah. such a complicated loss to even get your head around yeah, isn't it? Yeah. that you've lost someone so, so close to you yeah. but that you never knew and 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 to, to yeah I, I guess it's some of what it sounds like you went through was like doing the work of parenting yourself almost like supporting yourself through the understanding of what that death meant to you Is yeah and i think it say? would and my mum and dad, like say my mum and dad really were there to chat yeah. and we would like every year we still go to the crematorium yeah. where we go for lunch after and we chat about Paul yeah brother um and I'm happy to do that and I explain it to my kids yeah. and they come with us and you know yeah. it's not a hidden thing it's not no. something we've not acknowledged or anything like yeah. that I just think it was and there was probably other factors but that was the main underlying yeah. factor and it probably wasn't as much it was his that he died it was i was worried that other people of constantly yeah. worried about other people yeah. on some level not really recognizing it it's not always never conscious. sat no i never sat at home going oh my mum and dad gonna come back tonight but on some level i was i must have been well i mean that speaks volumes about the type of counselor you had that they were able to like identify help you identify that yeah yeah um because as a as an adult, not knowing what it is that's bringing on these feelings, yeah. it must be so complicated. And and how many people are out there not understanding why they feel the way they do? Yeah. And, and because of that, where do you even start trying no, to sort exactly. it out? How scary is that? There's yeah. a fear around losing my, which would then feed into anxiety. Yeah. Because you're like, well, what's up yeah. with me? Why why am I like this? Why why is my head like this? I'm, yeah. Am I losing? I'm gonna. We're gonna lose my mind completely. Like there's a the bit of shame going on in there. You don't yeah. want to admit that. That's no, I didn't who... tell anyone. Yeah. I didn't tell anyone for only Brian and you for yeah. I would say two years. Wow. Um, so it becomes quite lonely as well, doesn't it? Is that you feel like you're going through this, yeah. and the world doesn't realise, and they're just getting yeah. on with their lives. And what about me? Yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Um, you picked up the phone though, and you booked some sessions, and yeah. like that's. A, a lot of blokes, a lot of people generally, but blokes in particular, don't get they get to crisis way before they yeah, yeah, they'll yeah. pick up the phone. Yeah. Um. Have you always been sort of supported to talk about who you are? Have you always had the words to say what you've got going on with you? Um. Yeah, I think so. Like I was always. I don't know if I didn't. I didn't tell my mum and dad because. Maybe it was a, fa a case of I didn't want them to worry. And also, it's a case of, maybe a case of, you know, I don't want you to think, oh, I, I, I never dealt with yeah. Paul dying or it was yeah. anything you did because it just doesn't, it just totally wasn't. Yeah. Um, and I think, no, maybe, I think I was as much as anyone else, I would chat about stuff. Yeah. But we didn't really chat about stuff like this. It's 20 odd years ago, do you yeah. know what I mean? And once I've realised the power of doing it from then, probably much better. Yeah. And it, it sounds like what you're saying about younger people in the gym and now talking. I do think that that is filtering through, that people yeah. are realising that, you know, 
it's not. I it was never that I couldn't say to my mum and dad how I felt. Yeah, it just wasn't what people did. We no. people, people didn't talk about no, feelings. Yeah. They just got on with whatever they were getting yeah. on with. And so I think it's it's not always that there's this lack of support. It's that it kind of has to be normalised, doesn't it? Yeah. If everyone's doing it, and I think that kids are better at that these days. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a definitely there's a lot of better understanding because if I said to maybe my dad, yeah. Dad, I've, fucked with anxiety yeah it'd been like don't really know what to tell you there yeah. son you know well, what I mean? and my, like, my dad bless him you know he, he, he said to me what have you got to be anxious about yeah, and he yeah. meant he meant it was he, he meant it honestly yeah, and with yeah. love and i could tell that he was worried about me yeah and, but but the, the, it just for me at that time it was like that's not what i needed to hear and i was like yeah. and also i was like you, you're right like I've got everything and, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I, I feel almost ungrateful that I don't feel yeah. right in myself. And yeah. so I think it's, some of it is like, yeah, unless you've been there, it's really hard to explain it to yeah. somebody else, isn't it? Definitely. And like, some, I was working with someone last week and they were talking about anxiety and I was just, I was chatting about family support. Yeah. My dad just don't get it. Yeah. Just don't get it. Yeah. He's like, I love my dad. Yeah, he just doesn't get it. Yeah, and so what? Frustrating for the dad, isn't it? And and also like I'm glad it, that my dad hadn't felt like that yeah. before. I'm yeah. glad, and I'm and sometimes I meet people and I think it's like a it's like a superpower. Some yeah. people just don't, or maybe it's that they don't yet. Maybe one day, you know, their brain yeah. does what my brain one day did, yeah. and what it sounds like you went through. Yeah, but. And but I hope not, of course. And I wonder if that's where some of that stigma is: is that there's still a large part of society that just can't comprehend what it's like, no. and therefore just being told about it isn't enough. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, definitely, mate. And there's a, I don't know if there's a little bit of a resurgence of this fucking alpha male bollocks. Yeah, you know, the hustle yeah. culture, the get, you know, maybe a bit of that into it. Um, I'm surprised there isn't more of that in boxing and in fighting. You know, you look at certain people that, don't get me wrong, some of his content's amazing, but um, Goggins, you know, that like, stay hard, like, yeah. you know, that like, you've got yeah, to, yeah. you've just got to keep going. And, and and like, when you look at what he's been through, I'm like, I, I kind of see, you know, it's like you've you've completely transformed yourself. Yeah. Um, but not everyone goes through that level of no. transformation. You no. know, some people are just living a normal life and getting up and going to work. You know, exactly, what I mean? man. Who can fucking stretch for four <laughs> yeah, hours a yeah, day? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Edith. I can't do that. I'm fucking stretching. Like, come on, man. Like, I've got to you do four thousand pull-ups. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And I get it. And there's definitely stuff to learn from David Goggins, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I suspect there's a massive internalization of the abuse he went through as a child, which leads yeah. him to lead. This extreme life, yeah, which makes sense for him, yeah, but it doesn't make sense. Me and you, yeah, what we're gonna go fucking <laughs> pull run for twenty four hours. Yeah. I'll be back in two days, not being able to walk. Yeah, who's gonna pay mortgage and that? Like, yeah, there's a balance to it, isn't yes. there? And like I say, take your lessons that you can. But because some yeah. a young lad said to me, like even two weeks ago, um, yeah, but that David Goggins. What I'm like, mate, don't be fucking yeah. comparing yourself to David Goggins. No. Pick out the thing. You can work hard. You can yeah. change your life. You can become physically fit, and it's really beneficial. But stay hard, motherfucker. What yeah, does yeah. that even mean? <laughs> oh, but, but then yeah. you get people like, like you know, um, Tyson Fury, who, all right, you, you know, his 
journey is beyond what most people will ever. But he also talks about talking about it, yeah, and yeah. he's honest about. Yeah, ju- yeah. You know, he's not hide- hiding the fact that he really struggled, and yeah. some days he couldn't show up yeah. how he wanted. And... No. Have you seen the Ricky Hatton's latest one, the documentary about Ricky Hatton? No, I haven't. Yeah, yet. that's really good as well. I would recommend we'll, that to we'll anyone. Link that man, yeah, so, listening. Um, yeah, because he's had a a rough time of it. Very, very much so, and it's definitely a case of again. Well, what is he? Why isn't he millionaire, double yeah. world champion? He should be. He's happy, and he just didn't. Yeah. Um, and so there's no. If you have this, you're happy. If you've had this, you'll be sad or anxious yeah. or whatever. No. Well, there was a study, uh, and I can't remember who it was by, but I will link it. Where they did, um, they like did a study on people who had won the lottery. I think it's in America. Won the lottery, and people who had lost limbs in some sort of unexpected accident. Yeah. And they they were measuring their levels of um, like happiness in inverted commas. I think it was contentment yeah, yeah. or happiness or something like that. And what they said was, after a certain period of time, and it won't very long, regardless of whether you win extreme amounts of money or lose literally lose a limb, yeah. you revert back to a baseline right. level yeah. of happiness. That like we've got a level of happiness, yeah. and it ain't going to be things and our environment yeah. that affect that. Um, and so I suppose I. I'm not sure whether that goes as far as saying it's actually our relationship with ourselves and our, you know, families yeah. and friends. Yeah. But that's what it feels like to me. Is like yeah. it's the idea that like, well, you've got everything. Well, yeah, if I've got everything and I still feel like this, yeah. then there's inner work to be done. Definitely. You know? um, yeah. And so you're doing you're doing amazing work, mate. And and I'm I'm yeah genuinely chuffed that you've been able to support some of our lads with the with the boxing, but. I would encourage anybody to give give boxing therapy a try because it sounds it sounds amazing. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's great, mate. It is. How do how do we get people involved then? How would people go about it? Is it um, a bookable on your website? Is it just get in touch with you or? Yeah, just um, either through you guys. Through um, I know you want to chat about the CDLF or just go on the Legion's yeah. Instagram or the Facebook page or the website. Yeah, there's. If you Google it and there's you you yeah. soon get to how to contact yeah. us. Even if it's just for a little bit of a chat or you want me to sign posters to something that I think could be valuable. So people can just give you like a preliminary chat about what it's what it might yeah, look yeah, like. No yeah, no problem, man, no pressure. Yeah. No you should do this and that. Yeah. Uh, at all. None of that. And um and yeah, you mentioned the Charlie Dallas Lancaster Foundation. Yeah. Um those guys at the CDLF have done so much for us and yeah. with us and we continue to work with them a lot yeah, so we're, we're big fans of their work yeah, and man. you've um sort of gone into partnership with them a little bit as well collaboration should i say yeah so i'm um, a service provider for the cdlf so if someone is referred to them or refers herself to them and they feel counseling is the best thing and they're york they will then and they're in a position where they can't fund it themselves the cdlf will step in and fund that for them yeah. and you know, they're just just class. They're just yeah. such good people. Their mission, they're so driven with it, and it's a real privilege to be part of what they're doing. Like, yeah. and I mean that genuinely. Not, it's that's not lip surfacing. And like, I feel a real honour to be part of it. And this legacy that they're building for their brother and partner and friend yeah. for Charlie is, um, I do feel honoured to be part of it and doing some good work with people who really need it, yeah. which is a real you know, a, a real legacy they can be proud of and they should be proud of what they're doing because it's awesome. Really it, awesome. Is, it really is, isn't it? And yeah. and he 
it, like the the ripple effect, the 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 impact that he and his life is still having on people. Like, for, you know, I know how much they put into it yeah. and how they do. They're carrying on his work yeah. as well, how they view it, and yeah. so like this idea that like people who really need it are getting the support they need. Yeah. Um, before they ever get to that sort of stage yeah. that he did, yeah. um, and that's just that's pretty amazing. Isn't yeah, it? It, like we had somebody contact them three weeks ago, and it was in his first session. Yeah, within thirty six hours. Yeah, which you can't get on the NHS. And, yeah, you know, so them being able amazing, to do that yeah. is. is and are you, how are you finding that then? Because are you sometimes getting people who just want the therapy? Are you doing? non-boxing therapy yeah yeah but, just just i can uh, i've got a counseling room yeah and so we can go and have face to face yeah walk and talk walking therapy brilliant or boxing therapy any of them that's and awesome. it's probably a pretty even split really yeah yeah you've got you're managing your time all right then because you <laughs> i don't know how you do it man mate, three kids uh, yeah i've got any time it's, and it's i've got highly, one child it's highly structured <laughs> mate I don't have, and that I, I'll, I'll probably bring that up at some point. Like, yeah. Time wise, is is challenging. For okay. Sure. Well, yeah. I definitely want to talk to you about that as yeah, well, because yeah. um, that's some of that I do. You know, spinning plates is not uh, has yeah. its own challenges, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. Um, but so, like, yeah, I guess what I wanted to just say was, yeah, that that we've had this incredible um, partnership with Serendipity, and and that you know that's blokes in york and yeah. access support in a similar way with the cdlf support it's yeah. for, for any anyone is yeah. it yeah yeah it is and i think that's kind of why they came to me just because of the your mandate is yeah. males over 18 yeah, absolutely and yeah so females and works with somebody under 18 as yeah. well can do that all right so, so you can you can counsel how young can you go then uh, for me probably wouldn't go below 14 yeah so young people rather yeah. than young children i wouldn't yes. be able to yeah, yeah but definitely some some young people yeah. yeah um and i think that's you know it just it's it's so important that we've all seen the state of the waiting lists and when people do get to crisis um we know what happens so a lot of what we're trying to do is is preventative we are yeah. trying to catch people before yeah. they get to that stage we're offering sort of people who might want to jump a hurdle or explore a part of their life we're not yeah. crisis support no yeah but but if we can normalize it and offer it to as many people as we can yeah. and get it at an affordable rate uh, um early enough in someone's experience yeah. it might just offer that that like you you and yeah. i have got support yeah. before we ever got down that yeah road. yeah definitely um, man and i think the biggest thing and particularly what you guys are doing which is offering a community yeah and that's what people need yeah um because we're built to be in communities yeah um and if you're not in one it's very hard so you've got this supportive community going that then people can bring up these issues and part of the thing that they can get from it is being part of a community will ease it straight away yeah um but understanding other people are going through the same thing um and then maybe just having a word with someone saying I'm actually struggling a little bit with this. Oh, well, I can actually help you with that. Or yeah. I'd, if it gets to the point where they need professional support, you can do that as well. And yeah. so it's a real thing, man. It's a real making a proper difference. And so it feels it feels necessary, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think as well when I when I did try and talk, I didn't know how to say it. 
my anxiety would kick off because a lot of it was how do you tell your friends that they're the ones that are making you feel anxious yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean like yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm, so I would avoid it and yeah. so like some of it was like you get to practice with the community you get to practice with the counsellor yeah. you say it enough times you find the words that work for you yeah. instead of saying it and going all in or yeah, it coming yeah. out wrong yeah. you just get you get better at it don't yeah, you yeah, over time and telling then, your story yeah. and then the similar questions come back and you yeah. learn how to answer them in a way yeah. that's helpful and sportive and you can deal with and manage and as you keep putting yourself out there gradually it becomes easier doesn't it for sure these graduals a little bit out of your comfort zone back into it a little bit further my comfort zones you know he's bigger now that's then little steps over time can take you wherever yeah you hopefully need to go or want to go yeah man amazing thank you um so we did we talked a little about um well, why don't we talk now quickly about the? Um, I've seen that there's quite a lot of content coming out at the moment from your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're creating content. You've got a bit of a partnership with somebody else. Yeah. I see with Headstrong. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about what that yeah. is? Yeah. So and it ties into the time thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to go dead long. So time wise, I'm struggling. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you say, three kids working six days a week. I've got to really protect boundary in my free time Saturday afternoon, Sundays. Yeah. Both my boys were playing football a lot. The gym dances. We're always doing something. Yeah. We're in the gym two nights a week, then fights and stuff as well. So I'm getting to. I'm, I'm just under or at capacity for one to one work. Really, yeah. If I'm honest, um, I've got to protect a few spare slots in case CDLF stuff come through and stuff. Yeah. But and and it works okay. But and it's as practical thing as anything online. Yeah. looking to go online so tom davis is absolutely mint at the fitness and programming and you know he loves all that he's a crossfit athlete and he loves training does all these little mad challenges and stuff like that he's well into that my thing like we've chatted about is chatting to people and building it yeah so we've just thought we'll give it a whirl we'll try yeah. it so a lot of the content is about how we're offering an online program which involves your training programming and then your mental health support, programming with Tom, yeah. support with me. Right. You speak to one of us every other week, and it just rolls on monthly. Um, Tom will program your fitness to your goals, whatever it is, and then I'll chat to you. And then if we need to do like interventions or journaling or strategies, or if it's just a case of you just needed someone to pepper a message every couple right. of days so there's we no go... fixed style to it some no, people no. might be whatsapp some people it's sit yeah, down and yeah. have a conversation yeah it's not it's not therapy yeah but it's like the insights i've got from being a counselor and a coach i can apply to people and so i'll be honest yeah we're looking for um to be time it can can work with more people time yeah. and again um, sound like you'll know like it's hopefully an additional income stream yeah, I can add because absolutely you know I think times are tough are they at the moment yeah, of cost of living are. is a thing yeah, for sure and so we thought right well let's give it a go and see what happens yeah, yeah. and I think it's in a different entry level as well isn't it is that like yeah. actually people are like well I ain't got as much time to go to a gym sometimes the effort of getting there yeah, yeah. like having something digital and online and yeah. available like in a more flexible level yeah. that might be that might just encourage people in yeah. sooner that's what we're hoping and possibly businesses could fund it for their yeah. employees you've got an yeah. employee who's struggling it's tax yeah. deductible yeah, you can fund it through or maybe even you know charities and organisations like yeah. say we've got someone here 
who might suit that. We can't get them into a gym, yeah. but remotely, they, we think they could be, you know, yeah. it's too it's too big a step to go somewhere. Yeah. Can you, they've got this at home, what can you do with that? I'll chat to him, Tom will program with him and chat to him. Let's see how we can do it that way and progress them from there. That sounds so, amazing, mate. So that that's that's the next thing that we're as uh, if you needed something else to add to the. To do. <laughs> Are you but, two creating the content as well then at the moment? So you got no, a we've got bit? we've got someone his class as, as well. Say, it looks pretty like yeah, sexy at the yeah minute, Basically, um, we one of us is interviewed by him. We chat for a minute or two on five different things, and then he creates the content for us during the week. Right, and he schedules it and stuff like that. That's cool. So, so to to access the, that little bit of content that you're already putting out, I've seen that on your Instagram. Is that the only place that it is? Or yeah, got... uh, no, if you go on my website, um, we are Phoenix Training and just look for the Headstrong bit yeah. on there. It's on there. Brilliant. Well, I mean, I'll link everything as well. Yes, yeah, um, thanks. But is there, is there anything else you wanted to promote right now? Like, is there anything else you've got? <laughs> Any other bits and bats that you're at? No, is that everything, yeah? No, man, just the, just the gym. Yeah. Like, don't be put off by it being a combat gym. Yeah. Just drop us a message and come and try a class. Everyone's welcome. Um, there'll be something for you. Um, yeah. So there, that. And then just like you guys, if you're struggling and the CDLF, you know, just the support there if, you, if you're struggling, just try and access it. Yeah, man. It's well, and it's, won't regret it. It sounds like it's growing. And if you carry on, you know, if it's anything like your gym is, it's just going to keep growing. You'll need people... You know, maybe, you'll, yeah, let's, you know, working for you doing that yeah, sort of stuff maybe. one day. So, let's see. Let's um, see, yeah. fingers crossed, man, because what Thank you're you. doing is, is pretty special, mate. So, um, you mentioned a little bit about time management, and that that does you know fascinate me. Um, I'm going to ask you a few leaders' questions yeah, in yeah, a bit, no but problem. before we get to that, um, how do you decide? Because once you do, you said yourself, like you did the counselling, you get the bug it's really hard to then put that down. Like yeah. for me, it's like I have a full-time job, yeah, yeah. but then I, I, start, I started with mindfulness and I recognised that there was yeah, gaps yeah. that needed filling and things that could be done. And before yeah. you know it, it's I'm doing, you know, 40 hours a month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so how do you decide where to put those boundaries? How, how do you, how, how is it with your family? Are you finding that, you know, you're having to sort of eat into time with your partner to, to get shit done, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it it is hard, like, and it can be a right bone of contention. Yeah, very lucky in the ever since we started the gym. Brian's been supportive. Yeah, it must frustrate the shit out of me sometimes. <laughs> of course, it must. Where I'm like, I'm, oh, so I one night off this week, but I'm off to do this. Yeah, um, but I've become better at it. So I have um, the way we work. It is we both have pretty defined roles, as in. Brandy does drop off, I do collection. Each night, our kids do something pretty much six days a week, but we each know what one of us is doing. Um, we're dead lucky in that family support. My mum, um, Brandy's mum, they yeah. like, they look, well, they say, my mum loves being part of the footy and stuff, yeah. so she takes Bertie to his footy yeah. one night. And so we're very fortunate about that. And then I set my boundary i finish at half one on a saturday and then it's family time saturday sundays right. even though it is basically watching kids play footy yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what i love to do yeah and so I'm, I'm pretty strict with it if it's something very important we'll work it out yeah um and it's something i'd like to i'd like to reduce my time commitments i don't really want to be working six days a week yeah 40 50 hours um like 
you're going to leave some in the tank for when the, Gosh, that yeah. Sunday comes around. Yeah, and it is, I'll be honest, that's one of the reasons we want to do maybe an online. We could have a day at home working online be, yeah. would be great. Yeah. Um, but that's how we kind of make it work. And yeah. it isn't ideal for sure. Um, probably do miss out on too much. Um, and eventually you'd like to work it so don't. But at the moment, it's manageable and I'm happy where it is. I'm often tired. Uh, yeah. But who isn't at the moment you know yeah. and if it's still you can tell that you're passionate about it yeah so it's still enthusing you and it's yeah, like yeah. you can you, you you dig deep when someone's yeah you know pushing the right buttons oh, and listen as well Sam. like i don't want it to sound like um poor me like i get up and i'll train people in the gym people who often i've trained for a long time friends like i'm getting to spend yeah. time with good people doing good yeah. stuff it's yeah. not as if i'm getting up and I have to go in and sit in a drab workplace surrounded yeah. with an horrible boss or anything like yeah. it's not like that whatsoever yeah. um i love my job for yeah. sure um it, it is it just takes up a lot of time and yeah. so we're looking at ways of managing that which is great but like i said that's how we do it it's, yeah. it's really quite heavily structured yeah who does what when the timetable um, is important have you yeah, got a shared uh, calendar that you can yeah well yeah <laughs> on the wall you, it oh, is yeah we've now moved to um phone like google calendar yeah, where we both so, have access so it's live if something's in there yeah and i want to add something in there but there's already something in yeah. there and there's nothing i can do no, about it <laughs> that's it, mate. And it's it's hard isn't it yeah it is hard. yeah yeah um it's all good stuff important, but there's though, just yeah. a lot of it in there so yeah it is no, tough, and it, it does like you. And that's why you know this. So I wanted to. This leads us on nicely to this. These few questions I want to ask yeah. because some people do you know sit in a job that they're not happy with, yeah. and they do feel that they're not capable, or they haven't got options, or they feel trapped, or yeah. they're lonely, or you know, like yeah. we're quite, we are quite privileged, and I guess we use some of that privilege to create a platform to do good yeah but how much good is not being done by people who just haven't had that you know yeah. they just need that inspiration to yeah. step outside of that yeah, kind yeah. of comfort zone or that conveyor belt or yeah. or the the script that they've already written for themselves yeah. and i think counseling and coaching and, and all that sort of stuff um physical fitness can help with that yeah um but i'm wondering yeah if i can ask you a few questions yeah, that will just hopefully uh, over time i can build up as a bank of like these people are doing it and it's yeah. possible to go from not having a business yeah, yeah. to having a really successful business yeah. and even be then starting other businesses like yeah. that's possible yeah yeah of course yeah um so yeah so question one what challenges did you face when you started the business and how did you make that first decision to step outside the norm so it's a bit different from when we started the business is we didn't intend to start a business yeah. which i don't want it to sound like i'm just being glib as i it came we just didn't it wasn't intended that way but to start the gym the biggest issue we had was we had no money yeah. like we were skint and so we looked we kind of did it as well as we could like we bought our first pads i think with 500 quid that They've got 250 and I got 250. I think maybe borrowed off my mum or yeah. something like that. So we went and did that. Our first leg, um, like it's called a suitcase pad, was a birthday present from my mother in law. <laughs> um, our first ring, Dave and his father in law made it. And so we didn't have any money, but we had a real, we had a real passion for what 
we wanted to do and we didn't have anyone telling us how we should do it and Dave was mega driven with it like he's hyper obsessive about stuff which he'll happily admit so he just kind of pulled me along with it Um, and so yeah it was in no way that intended to be a business but once we got it going and the opportunities came we pushed it you know we didn't sit back and think oh we've made it now and we're still pushing to get where we have ideas of where we want our fighters to be ash has his idea of we want our unstable pro boxers they want the guys in one championship and um i want the all of that for all these people mixed with to be a really recognized community hub for people who maybe can't access stuff so you know when the opportunities have come to progress with taken them and we've worked hard and we do work hard to achieve it so things can be overdone just have to take time try not to rush it like it's 13 years for us which is a long time yeah um but also not giving up like no, not never, like yeah. i'm not done yet like, no yeah you know? yeah no we've, we're still striving for these other things That's... so in a bit of money it would be nice but yeah. sure. <laughs> it's inspiring to hear yeah. it man because it, it what it says to me is start with something you're passionate about yeah don't assume you're going to be like making loads of money overnight no yeah but if you're passionate about something then start small and 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 when the doors open yeah walk through them yeah and it might be so in the example of the gym we don't really get a wage like we and we only first got a wage about two years ago um and we get a small wage now yeah? yeah but and it wouldn't be enough to support anybody but the gym means we can work one-to-one yeah. and earn a wage and an all right wage. Do you know That's what I mean? So it people. doesn't have to be the business. Go for it and opportunities will come up and recognise them and try and, and adapt know, to them. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't say, oh, well, I'm only one of... If we'd have just said, we're just going to do this till we earn money through the gym, we just you, never you would just have happened. Now. Um, but, right, we've got this space. And I remember Dave was like, we're just going to try and do one-on-ones. And I was like, Really, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna," and he and he did, and he's done it ever since. He did it really quickly, and then once that fed into first few word spreads, and then I was I had a really lovely job at the university library that I, I loved that job. Yeah. It was mornings, and then that got to the point where I couldn't justify staying there because I could earn a better living by going full time. And there was work PT. to be had. So yeah, yeah that's how it. So kind of sometimes went. hedging hedging your bets yeah. a bit and waiting to, to the right time to yeah. to step and across. And if the opportunity comes, just have a go. Yeah. It might not work, but it it's brave, will. isn't it? It's a yeah. brave thing to do. Is to say it's not the norm. No, definitely. It's <laughs> yeah. a risk. It is. To, your, to you know, you're impl- giving up a job you love to yeah. something that you hope will will work. Yeah. Um, just a quick question then about um about Dave and like being working with someone for that long how do you deal with conflict when one of you wants to do one thing and one of you wants to do the other and you disagree over stuff how, is that easy to resolve is it, if you don't mind me asking honestly we've never fallen out wow ever that's incredible i, I know it? it really is <laughs> um it's a, so the stuff that dave is really strong at driving it forward, training the fighters and, you know, like inspiring people and being the figurehead of the gym, which he has been for a long time, he's really good at. Yeah. The stuff that I'm good at, like supporting people, building relationships behind the, 
um, the scenes, a lot of that. Yeah. Dave's not interested in that. Yeah. Whereas I know I can't lead a full fight team. It's not yeah. my strength. So it kind it's of like just works. Yang. And so if Dave wants to say, oh, mate, I want to do this, I will we'll do it. And I'll go, like, let's, why don't we do it like this? And he'll yeah. go, right. And if he'll, I'll go, mate, I really want to do something along the lines of working with them type of people. He'll be like, just do it. Yeah. Um, so Supporting yeah. each other, but yeah. from different perspectives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, it's, it's like, if you met us, partnership. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. And it, like I say, to meet us separately, you'd be like, well, that's a funny partnership, but it just works for us. <laughs> How and, cool, man. That's done, yeah. Thank you. Um, question two, what advice would you give someone who feels like their self-limiting beliefs are holding back from their full potential? So if someone is struggling with what they believe they could do, I 100% believe that anybody can achieve a life that they are happy with and can achieve their dreams. Like I 100% yeah. believe that. And I don't yeah. want to, and then I'll explain why, how I think. So both my boys want to be professional footballers. Yeah? yeah. Statistically, it won't happen. Yeah. One of them's in an academy, so he has got a higher opportunity. The other one's older and isn't. So is there a, a tiny chance? There is a tiny chance he could make professional football, but almost certainly he won't. Yeah. Could he make a living out of football? Of course he could. Yeah. You look at these techers, eye to eye academies. Yeah. He could go. He could get to a level and study football, football coaching, football management, and he could go and he could have a great life involved in the sport he loves. Yeah. So his dream to be a professional footballer realistically won't come true, but. We, while he's still got a chance, we will support him to do that. Yeah. But we'll also be like, you could still live a great life around football. Yeah. yeah. You could definitely do that. And so something that I've probably fallen down a bit on in the past is I was always a bit of a dreamer and always like, and I didn't concentrate enough on the reality side of it. Yeah. Well, if we do that, I'll do that and the money will come. And, yeah. you know, I've had some tough times financially. So, Definitely go for them dreams. Anybody can achieve them. Just work out a reality. And I don't mean reality is in you can't achieve the dreams. You can. Just put that real slant on them about how that will look in real life. Yeah. And then go for that. And find the people who will support you, encourage you, and be your cheerleader to get to that. Because they're out there. People love supporting other people. When people tell you that it can't be done... You'll never be a professional footballer. Yeah, I might not be, yeah. but I can make a living playing football, doing football around yeah. football. Um, I'll do it that way. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. And I think coming from someone who's doing that, he's making a living out of, you said yourself, you were not, not a born fighter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yet you're making a living out of training other people and you've got, you, you know, that, that yeah. how many parents... And I say this as a new parent. I have not got to the stage yet where she likes any one thing enough for me to be like, come on then. I wish I'd done something from when I was four. Yeah. But but how many parents go, look, it's just not going to, football's yeah. not going to happen get for a you. Trade. Go and do something else. Go, and actually yeah. squash that like passion. Yeah. And actually, whilst yes, when you're little, you might want to be a professional footballer. Yeah. 
but as you get older, even your your own boundaries are likely to shift anyway yeah, as you yeah. realise what's possible. Yeah, yeah. And so actually fuel the passion. Yeah. Rather than fueling like uh, what statistically might be yeah. more. Mate, I, I read a, I read it this yesterday. It was on a, a an Instagram thing, and it said there's a young child who is not very good at maths but brilliant at tennis. The parents almost certainly would get if they had the money to support them get him a maths tutor yeah don't get him the maths tutor get him a tennis yeah. tutor yeah. and see where they can go with that where the instinct is to play it safe and of course it is you know society demands you be good at maths and yeah, yeah of course you, the, you life is better if you can do a bit of maths you're not going to be a mathematician as much as you've got this gift or this passion or and, this love something like yeah. get behind that and i'm not being funny but hey google what's two add two <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Totally. Like we don't even have to get our phones out now. Like no. the reality is, it's it. There's going to come a point not too far away that actually a lot of what we've been geared up to think is yeah. career worthy is just AI driven or yeah. whatever. So yeah. actually, having a trade, having a passion, having something that you can teach people that is physical, yeah, um, is probably going to become even more important. Yeah, and it because it and it doesn't have to be something as out there, does it? As tennis or football, no, it might be. Like, look how many youngsters are into gaming at the yeah. moment. Oh, well, it's not a real thing. Well, someone's making them yeah. games. Yeah, someone's yeah. designing and marketing and yeah. whatever else is involved with gaming. Yeah. Like, go and study that and yeah. do that. It, you know, encourage where the enjoyment of your... Encourage them, but encourage yourself and try and yeah. follow them things that get you going and light something inside you. Because if you can get up and do day-to-day something that you enjoy. Like, life is so much better. Yeah. You know, it's a real thing. It's possible. It doesn't have to be this thing. There's ways to work it where it's, it's real. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I absolutely do. That's that's awesome. Thank you, man. Um, okay, what would you tell 15-year-old Al to give him the confidence, the boost he might need to handle what was to come? Adulthood, leadership you know, struggle, financial, whatever that might be. I would tell my younger self, and nothing dramatic, I don't think, the thing would be, one, don't worry too much what other people think. I think it's a common thing. People will not do stuff. And I've not done stuff. I've then looked back on and thought, I should have done that. Like even the content of this online thing that's out there at the moment, I put it off for probably about a year and a half because I just, didn't sit easy didn't want to be put myself on social media that much right um so i would say don't worry or concern yourself with what other people are thinking as much as you can and the other one is i wish i'd understood the importance of money younger yeah because if you can get financial independence leading to independent financial freedom sorted at an earlier age yeah. life is better and so uh, i was chatting to a guy who i train and somebody said but money doesn't solve all your problems and the, he said money would solve every one of my problems right now and it, <laughs> money isn't the be all and end all i'm not no. saying it is but having money creates opportunity yeah. and opportunity creates it's easy to find the path and find where you want to be for yeah. sure it is important just earning money 
and living a life dedicated to earning money will not you won't find what you're looking for but adding that realism into pursuing your dreams mean is if you can yeah. make money doing something you love yeah that's where it's at in it icky and guy so, have you heard yeah. of icky guy no no not icky no. guys are the japanese concept of um, the nearest word we've got for it is vocation, but right. we don't have a word for exactly what it yeah, is. It's yeah. like, you know, a Venn diagram, yeah, four yeah. circles that meet in the middle. Yeah. One is um, what you love doing. Yeah. Two is what you're good at. Yeah. Three is what you can earn money from. And four is what the world needs. Yeah. And where all those four things intersect in the middle is Ikigai. Yeah. And, and the Japanese believe that everyone's got one. You yeah, know, yeah. That we've all got somewhere yeah. that we can bring our passion into, yeah, into yeah. a proper employment no i agree and it's finding it you know yeah Yeah. um and believing it's there and trusting and so yeah don't don't worry too much what anyone else is doing don't concern yourself with that and try and be a bit braver in the decisions you make yeah um and add a bit of realism to what life is actually like yeah and you'd Overall, man, I wouldn't say too much different. That's know. good, man. I'm generally That's very good. happy with where I'm at and what I've done and where I'm going. That's so, so nice to hear, yeah. man. That's so nice to hear. And another good thing, I suppose, listening to you as well is you ain't stopping. You know, like, I imagined that by the time I was in my 50s, I'd be winding it up. Yeah. Like my, my idea w- was always in my mind was like, whatever it is I'm doing, I'm supposed to earn as much money as I can as soon as possible yeah. and then retire yeah. and then d- jet off somewhere yeah, or, yeah. Or, or just retire into my mansion. Like there's just that idea that you kind of taught, I suppose it's that kind of constant progress thing yeah, when yeah. you're a kid. Like you've yeah. got to do your exams for no, uni. Yeah. You've got to go to uni to get the no. job. He just imagined that it's just this constant upward spiral. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like you're, there's, it doesn't look like you're slowing down at all. No, and I don't, yeah, I don't feel I want to slow down. I just feel I want to be a bit, no, yeah, I do, I do want to keep pushing and progressing yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, maybe just not as many hours of it. Yeah. Uh, but like, I don't envisage retiring. Yeah. I, I, have, I have this little dream of like the gym's running itself. Me and yeah. Dave have stepped back completely. Yeah. But we go to the shows the, watching the kids grow up, having the grandkids come there, but I'd really like to have, um, still maybe do some grief counselling for yeah. someone. So I'm still, yeah. I feel I need it, me. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I could easily, um, just sit on my set here too much. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, um, yeah, yeah. So. But I can imagine when you do as much as you do, there's always that like, oh. Wouldn't mind to sit down. I wouldn't mind a couple of nights just watching TV. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, do you know what I mean? Like, no, so, you must yearn for it somewhere. Yeah, and I, I'll be honest, man. I go if I can. I, I have a nap every day. Do you? Yeah. And I'd literally just. I'll be out in about five seconds. Um, I'll get home if I've got half an hour. I'll set my alarm for twenty minutes and I'll sleep for twenty well, yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Most days. That's mad. That's <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> heavy workload, my friend. Yeah, but it's also. <laughs> It's just I enjoy it. Yeah, it's efficient as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Thank you. Um, Four, how important do you think accepting your true nature and facing those challenges has been to becoming the leader and the person that you are today? Um, I would say understanding myself properly has been pivotal to it. And the example I would use there is coaching the gym when it was a really tight little fight team when we were... First started out yeah. for the first five years, um, 
we had a really strong reputation of strong fighters we produced hard fighters and that's all the gym was about it yeah. was that um but i knew inside that i wanted to go a bit deeper and work maybe a little bit more with vulnerable people or however that was i couldn't probably yeah. articulate it properly then and then accepting that accepting that i'm not this tough guy hard fighter and kind of accepting who i am as myself and being comfortable with that and confident with it um really changed things for me really i would say maybe just made me happier yeah. and um and things have grown since that, so it must yeah, have been yeah. the right shout yeah yeah totally <laughs> and it was like i never felt i really needed i never put on a persona of being tough or carried myself like that at all um but there's it, definitely an element of you know i'm part of legion's gym and yeah I should and then once i was like i'm part of legion's gym but i'm like this yeah it just works miles better like you know what i mean it ego just, drops away a little totally bit totally yeah. and just feel more relaxed just a bit more peaceful get on yeah. with people better and yeah yeah it's great I must admit, you you do seem like extremely calm, peaceful. And like I say, that seems to be a regular thing with, with people who have got good at a martial art. My mate Craig that I was telling you about, yeah. he's super chill. He's yeah. such a, a calm, peaceful guy to be around. You know, Dan, who did loads of kickboxing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, people who... I don't, and I, again, I, it just interests me whether it's people have just expended so much of their energy <laughs> at the gym, you know, working yeah. out, or whether it's just that they reach a different plane where there's that, like, confident yeah. with who they are. Maybe. But it'll be different for each other. Right? But, yeah. yeah, there'll be definitely... Some will have found that. Yeah. Um, I'm not always that peaceful. I don't wait kids. Yeah, like, yeah man. I must say, Three for of them. fuck's sake, Three of them. <laughs> about 20 times a day. <laughs> That's just, yeah, I, I cannot imagine but, that sort of, like, like I say, it's the the thought, the amount of thought that goes in, I suppose she's she's my first and she's only two and a bit. Oh, yeah, but, so. and, but she started talking, you know, and it's like, right, and I've got to think about what I'm saying and the, the, the worry I'm going to get it wrong. Not in, not in everyday conversation because I no. do think I can go with my instinct. Yeah. But for me, I think a lot of my anxiety came out as I started to recognise I was going to become a parent. Yeah. And that was like, shit. Yeah. I realised like I can't pass on all these like insecurities and yeah. I don't really know who I am yet. And yeah, shit, yeah, I yeah. Can't, what if I make the wrong decision? Yeah, and, you, yeah. know, you know, like you yeah, just, yeah. all that was too much. Yeah. And and now she's here is, is, and she's, you know, in all of her sort of wondrous chaotic glory. Like the idea that I, I could do that again and again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does it get easier the more you have? So the, our second, Bertie, didn't sleep for longer than maybe two hours for the first 11 months and genuinely nearly broke us. Um, we had to get a sleep therapist Yeah. Um, with money that we didn't have. Like yeah. cost like 350 quid or something, which oh, we just didn't have it then. Yeah. So we got it and it literally is the best money I've ever spent. Right. It was sorted within two nights. He was sleeping within two nights of this sleep therapist. And I think the hard, well, the hardest thing for me during that time, apart from the lack of sleep, was we knew we wanted another child. Right. And so I was, I was just like, fucking got to do this again. <laughs> Whereas when we had our third little Edie, a little girl, um, it was kind of like, oh, this is the last time I have to do this. So when yeah. they finished with the nappies or when she started sleeping better, yeah. it's like, oh. Yeah. You know what's coming and when yeah. it's coming. And, and I think it does, through experience, does. Yeah. For us, it definitely yeah. has got easier. How did you um, know you wanted three before? Well, we wanted four. <laughs> <How> <laughs> but then when we had that? three, we were like, 
Fuck four, <laughs> mate. We were, we were, we just felt right with three for yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we but originally the idea was four, but once we got to three <laughs> and how hard it had been, and you know we had to. We had issues around conceiving, so that took yeah. three years, 32, but then Edie was six weeks. Wow. It was like, shit, we're going to have to move. And it was just all full on. And then once she was here and settled, we are like, actually, this is us now. Yeah. So we just, just yeah. felt right. Yeah, and mate, felt I right. doff my caps here. How you managed to do it? Dave's got four kids. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. That's amazing, mate. It's amazing. Um, thank you. No problem. So, yeah. I wonder if you struggle with things like imposter syndrome or you have days when you worry that you might fail. Particularly interested, you mentioned like sort of worrying about putting some of that content out or you you held off on it. Um, Like what still holds you back and and what do you do to fight that and keep moving? Um, So things that I struggle with, um, imposter syndrome, sorry, not so much, I'll be honest. But also, like, as a therapist and a coach, people come and go. Yeah. I, and I've done it a few times. I've had th- counselling sessions with people and they've not come back. Yeah. And then straight away, you're like, oh, what have I done? Right. Shit, I'm, I can't be, you know. And yeah. there's a doubt there, of, of course, there's a doubt there. Yeah. Um, with the online thing, it was a combination of, one, worrying what other people thought. Yeah. For sure. Like I'm not saying I'm there's still an aspect of that much less, um, and now I've done it I'm just not bothered, yeah. um, and there's I think there's a, a bit of a little power in it, and people often do it in situations where they shouldn't, but should do it in situations more where they should. It's just think fuck it, yeah. Let's do it, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Like I've said fuck it and then done stuff I shouldn't have done. Like we all have. <laughs> um, like, but you should do it with like stuff that scares you. Fuck it, right? Let's just yeah. go for it. And tied into that being other, um, what do I? The main thing I worry about, Sam, is I think it sometimes comes over that I've got it all together, right? Um, and I, in some ways, it's expected because I am this like a coach, yeah. Uh, Run a leader at the gym, almost a counselor, therapist, family man, dad, older, yeah, and and I don't in a lot of things. Yeah, there's stuff that I'm still working on and I need to work on, and I worry about, and yeah. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do about that? Um, but I think over time, um, I've learned to trust myself that I probably I'm a good person and I will do my best. Even if that always isn't, <clears throat> I don't do it all the time and just things I've got wrong. Um, but also I'm very lucky that I have a really strong support network of my wife, my kids, my family, so my mum and dad, my brothers, Dave, Ash, Tom, the guys at the gym, my clients. You know, I've got a lot of people who... Um, they're always there for me, support me and cheer me on and want the best for me and encourage me. And if I am struggling a bit, I can talk to them and I will talk to them and I'll talk out my fears and my doubts to people. And they will always be like, come on, Al, you know, you've got this. I'm very fortunate to have that. And I am very grateful for that as well. 
mixed with um i've got a faith as well and i kind of think you know if, if i try and align myself with what i think is the right thing and i follow that and i work towards that i suspect i'll be all right that's such an amazing answer mate and it's so simple when you boil it down but yeah. it's so it's it, it makes so much sense know you're a good person yeah do your best surround yourself with people who support you and cheer you on yeah um and now and again say fuck it yeah yeah sometimes you <laughs> have do to it. Mate, don't yeah. yeah just fuck it do it and if it don't work don't work done it and it might not work the online thing might not work it might not cross over into so but there's something about being all right with a bit of failure here and there got to mate like we chatted earlier didn't we about um do like podcasts and that one that where the people go on and talk about fear yeah filled up loads of stuff for me man yeah loads of stuff so yeah and and take it as a win yeah you mentioned the um how to fail podcast which i'll link in the description as well yeah. and so that's sort of about um about what sort of getting the lessons out of it yeah the basically people who would be deemed successes in life go on and talk about the i think it's five things they failed at and basically the premise is and is often almost always the case to have succeeded in life you will have failed at some point yeah um is again a, a cliche but it's definitely true in it like yeah we've all fucked up we've all fucked up at stuff and we've all fucked up more than once and then it's trying to get past that learn from it if you can don't treat yourself too badly don't be too harsh on yourself try and go again because if your heart and your motivations are right you'll get to it yeah hopefully i think people like they say get back on the horse don't they because i think people do fail and it feels so like embarrassing or painful yeah, or yeah. whatever damage it does like yeah, traumatic yeah. that they don't get back on the horse and then that like has a long-term impact on what they feel that yeah, they can yeah. achieve rather yeah. than like just go again it doesn't yeah. matter you know and it's hard isn't it and you yeah, need them man. people around you but if you can yeah try and go again for sure amazing um i promise you i'm nearly at the end no, it's all right, mate. It's all right. <laughs> um I, I i think you've already answered this one it's what you what is your support network like and but i i guess you built some of this community that you talk about you built and so yeah you know when times get tough you do talk to people you do you've just learned how to open up and yeah. say i might look like i have it all together yeah, but yeah. i am struggling yeah yeah. yeah, definitely. I've got um, some trusted people who I know I can tell anything to. Yeah. My best mate, um, who was my best man, Call. Like, we've sat up till two in the morning before, and I've been like, mate, this is going on. I'm struggling with it. And he yeah. will listen or laugh with me or joke with me. I'll say, right, what we're going to do? What do you want to do? What can I do? Uh, you should do this but if you don't don't worry yeah you know what i mean you're coaching each other yeah. through stuff yeah and so i've got a lot of good people who love me really yeah and who i love and i know i can trust and i know they'll do what's best for me and help me even yeah. even if i'm like like i could go to dave and say mate i've done this or this has happened they go all right come on let's do this yeah and I'll be like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Like, yeah. Let's fucking do this. It's that parking that judgment again, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big you, thing, you, isn't it? The, the people, if, if they, people know who you are, 
then they're less likely to judge your behaviour or if you've messed up or whatever. Yeah. Um, because they know who you really are. Yeah. And I wonder how many blokes are missing that like support network. Like that person, I'm lucky enough that I've got a few people as well that yeah. I can really, really tell how yeah, it feels. Yeah. But like, do some people who miss out on that, is that where they get to that crisis? Is that because they haven't said it to anybody and yeah. they've just held it all? Yeah. And so like finding that support network and, yeah. you know, Menfulness offers that to, to, to blokes in the city, hopefully one day much wider. Yeah. But it sounds like Legions and what you're doing offers that community to people of all ages, of yeah. all genders, of, you know, yeah. uh, find that community. Yeah. And if you don't have it in your family, and you don't, don't have it, they're out there. There's yeah. people out there. Yeah, yeah. And there's people who have who um, have found community with, like, say, say you guys who love being part of it, and they they love to be able to support other people. Yeah, they've not had a community. They've found the community, and now they're like, "Come in here, it's yeah. fucking sound here. Yeah, and we'll look after you, and we'll rear for you." And yeah, it's it's important, man. That community thing is important, and it's hard. Um, it might not come over, but like I'm an introvert by nature, me, which is probably why I'm tired a lot of the time. Because yeah. I'm always with people. Yeah. And it takes my energy out, so I don't get energized from people. I get tired from yeah, people. Yeah. And so, um, being a part of that community can be tiring for me, but it's so worth it because yeah. of everything else that I get from it for sure. Awesome. Awesome, mate. Right. Finally. Yeah. Um, what's next? I think we've talked a little bit about this. Um. But you know the what what's what's happening with you with legions with headstrong like where do you see yourself going? Mate, I just I'm really happy to just keep pushing my, what the things I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, and I think my goals are, um, to be to serve really the people at the gym, the people who I work with one to one, and possibly online. And I think it's coming to a point now with me where I'm looking to just. My goals are more lifestyle based, as in I'd like to work Monday, Tuesday in the gym, mm. Wednesday at home, Thursday, Friday, maybe in the gym, Saturday, just in an hour, yeah. and the rest of the time is open for my family time. Or yeah. I'd like to read a bit more, maybe write a little bit, possibly going oh, forward. Yeah. Someone suggested to me who I work with. Um, but just be there and be in amongst it with these people who I work with and um, help you know i'll grow they'll grow and it'll all just we'll get to these goals where i'm at like i'm content with that i think that that's what i want to do that's beautiful my friend mm -hmm. genuinely and i think that's a perfect time for us to to wrap it up if you think we've talked about everything yeah, that you no, want yeah. to talk about yeah, like, no, um so you've given us two songs i know it's difficult to choose but you've picked two bangers here yeah. um so first song happy song sometimes by jerry cinnamon um, what does that mean to you? Why why do you love that one so much? So that song to me, man, just reminds me of <laughs> great times. Like, it's one that if we were friends, me and Brian went to see Joe Cinnamon. And it's, 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 it's like, not our song as such, but Joe Cinnamon went to the gig. Um, it just makes me smile, it makes me tap my foot, it makes me play my air guitar. Sometimes, sometimes, maybe 
maybe more than some of the time. I'm on a false ego trip. Insecurity is rife. I'm not the ideal person to be lecturing online. But if you want to know, some things I've learned about myself. Being in sticky situations, I won't bore you with the filth. Breaking bones and sniffing gear, pouring blood and sweat and tears. In a nutshell, I suppose that's the way the water And if you listen to the words, it's a lot about, you know, going through that session and drinking. And at the times, these are amazing times. But after, you know, they realise that yeah, there's a countenance to that combined with. So there's a bit of a lesson there, but also it's just a case. So it just really makes me think of good, joyous times, good people. And uh, yeah, it makes me smile. It makes me, you know. Awesome, mate. Thank you. And then finally... Um... Local Boy in the Photograph by The Phonics for our sad playlist. Yeah. Um, so tell me about that one. Yeah, so that is a song that um, is probably my favourite song of all time because um, it was from a time like the... I was at the Britpop era, you know. Yeah. The, that, I was 18 in 96 through to my early 20s through that time with that music and we'd been was the gallery downstairs yeah. and with good people I worked in town in the pubs and made some great friends and it was just a really you don't have worries then well you know I was just happy but I was just like drinking with my mates a lot training a bit and just having a good time enjoying no responsibilities and stuff I had ideas where I wanted to go and I um, worked in the pubs and became really close friend with a lad called Matt and one of our, that was kind of like a song that when it came on in the club, we'd both like sing it at each other, smoking our B&H and drinking our beers and just thinking we're generally boyos, which we were, <laughs> but we was having good times, man. It was really, a really good time. And unfortunately, um, Matt um, died by suicide not that long after. And um, that was the song that is played at his funeral so it's a it's a real double-edged sword like i can listen to it sometimes and like i will think of matt but i will also just think of like the yeah. great song it is and the great times yeah. that i had with him and other people to that song yeah. and then other times it'll maybe be a little bit more melancholy and i'll have a little reflection of what uh what it meant there around that loss because uh yeah it was tough yeah man i'm so sorry to hear that and it's a story that's all too yeah. familiar yeah. um so well thank you for telling me yeah that's right thank man. you for everything um that you've told me i feel like i've skipped about 10 years of getting to know you in, in two hours <laughs> yeah. like really you've really been really generous with everything and, no, no, and um, I, I have no doubt that people will learn a lot I, I hope that people get in touch i hope people come to the boxing uh, yeah, yeah. tomorrow yeah they're <laughs> welcome tomorrow, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, 9 p.m oh. on the second thursday of every month yeah. at the moment but do check meet up third thursday of every third month. one yeah but um do check our meetup page and i'll put a link um but i suppose unless there's anything else no mate now, just to just to thank you really for giving me this opportunity um just to chat a bit about myself and um thank you for letting me be part of the mindfulness thing it's uh a real privilege for me actually and I don't take the responsibility of it lightly and, and I'll, I'll do my best for you boys for sure it's an absolute honour mate thank you and uh, we'll play 
we'll play you out to uh, local boy in the photograph and this one's for Matt yeah cheers, cheers brother thank you Matt All right.